This is Geek News Central. My name is Todd Cochran, coming to you from the new media production studio. The lead stories, Elon Musk wants to cut a terrible habit he has. We've got a great view of the DART asteroid impact. A NASA aircraft or aircrafts are going to hunt for rare minerals over the next five years. And a Tesla robot has some ways to go. I want to welcome you to episode 1626 of the Geek News Central podcast for Monday, October 3rd. This show is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com and listeners just like you. Great deals from GoDaddy can be found at geeknewscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. You can support this show today by becoming a Geek News, Geek News Central insider at geeknewscentral.com forward slash insider. I want to give a warm, warm welcome to all the brand new listeners of the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for checking the show out today. Of course, if you're a longtime subscriber, thank you for being here as well. Make sure you get over to geeknewscentral.com. When you're on the website, follow or subscribe to the podcast. Of course, you can get signed up for our newsletter. That link is on the website as well. You can join our chat room. Our chat room is at geeknews.chat. Go ahead and get over there and get signed up. Or you can hang out in our Discord server as well. Link to that is in the show notes. You can always contact me via email, geeknews at gmail.com, geeknews at gmail.com, or on Twitter at geeknews. Of course, you can follow me on Facebook by searching for my name. Partner shows are all linked at geeknewscentral.com. Definitely check that out. Uh, whether it be the new media show, which is hosted by myself and Rob Greenlee, whether it be the GNC Week in Review with Scott and Kirk, or Podcast Insider. <laughs> Actually, it's not linked on the website. Sorry, getting ahead of myself. The Gadget Professor with Mr. Don Bain. If you want to do listen to Podcast Insiders at podcastinsider.com. But the Gadget Professor, Mr. Don Bain, all those links are available at geeknewscentral.com. Of course, this show is sponsored by the longest-running continuous sponsor of a podcast. That's our good friends at GoDaddy. We want to thank GoDaddy for being a longtime sponsor here of the show. You take some time and get over to geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy and look at all my great deals for October. 30% off on new product purchases. That's a 30% discount code that you can enable and use today. $499.com for new or transfer domains for new customers only. $1.99, yes, $1.99 a month economy hosting for the first year with a free domain. $2.99 a month managed WordPress hosting for the first year, again, with a free domain name or a free trial of GoDaddy website builder. Your choice of personal business or business plus plans. That's a one-month free trial. Get your deal on. Get your website launched. Economy is not looking good. It is time to get something going. Get a podcast going. Get a business going. Get an e-commerce site. Whatever you want to do, GoDaddy can make it happen. Again, I got you the best deal. Hosting prices is not going to be the excuse. All right. Get online. Get your site set up. Get started. Again, you get a free domain name along with this. So it's it's a it's a great deal. $24 a year for the first year. $24 for the first year. Get you online. Get you set up. Get you going so that you can have an online premise premise. Geek New Central listeners save an average of 94% on 
purchases of GoDaddy hosting plans and an average of $3.50 on each GoDaddy domain name. You're supporting this show, keeping this podcast online, allowing me to continue to pay the writers that produce the show, produce the podcast blog post, everything. Got that back. Produce the blog post <laughs> and help support the show. So definitely check it out. Get it over to geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. And we definitely appreciate GoDaddy for being a longtime sponsor here. And uh, much thanks to them again for their ongoing support. So, wow. Uh, left you Thursday. Uh, Podcast Awards was Friday. And uh, let's just say it, it went well. And uh, But of course, I had pre-recorded on Thursday. So all I had to really worry about was keeping the uh, the internet online. I had a great turnout for the live stream, announced all the major winners. Uh, the Adam Curry's People's, Child pa People's Choice Podcast Award went to Baby Mama's No Drama Podcast. Best Female Hosted Podcast went to Fresh Hell Podcast. Best Male Hosted Podcast went to Real Life, Real Crime. Best Black Hosted Podcast went to Urban Legends with the Gross Brothers. Best Asian hosted podcast was Ghost Maps, True South Southeast Asian Horror Stories. Best hosted best podcast host in Spanish was La Abella de las Tres Guerras. And I just probably destroyed that, of course. So the list went on. It was great. We had uh, some great influencers of the year we honored, uh, both on the podcast and listener side. 30 total categories. Go watch the YouTube video and uh, and check it out. And again, a lot of great podcasts in this stack. I mean, huge shows. Big Mad, True Crime, and That's Why We Drink, Fantasy Football Today, Hey Riddle Riddle, Monsters Among Us. These are all great shows. Great lineup of tech shows, too. The tech show that won is uh, called Malicious Life, but uh, lots of shows there, including GNC Week in Review that was one of the nominees. So, definitely get over to podcastawards.com and go through the list. And again, congratulations to everyone over there that uh, participated. So I vegged most of the weekend. I mean, literally, and I left here Friday night. I essentially about face planted. I woke up about nine, got up and moved around and just, I, I vegged. I vegged the whole weekend. It was, it was fantastic. And Actually started to feel better Sunday because I was I was just whipped whipped as a whip dog tired boy, and uh, kind of came out of my funk on Sunday. Got some work done, but got my flights booked for Saudi. That that came through, so I'm flying Luswanza for the first time here to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to Riyadh, Riyadh to Frankfurt, Frankfurt to Detroit. So I leave for Saudi on Monday the 17th and uh, two o'clock in the afternoon flight come out of Detroit. So, you know, eight or nine hours to Germany and then a seven hour layover. So I'm definitely going to be trying to get some uh, sleep on the flight and then another eight or nine hours into, I guess it's a total of 21 total travel hours. Seems kind of weird, but um one thing's for sure, I get into Saudi about, or to Riyadh about 8 p.m. at night, and then I've got about 12 hours, and then I'm going to be uh, to recover, uh, probably more like 10 once I get to the hotel and get checked in and, 
you know, go, well, who knows how long it's going to take it through customs and all that. But uh, for sure, going to have a gonna be hardcore sleep one way or the other. It might be uh, pill induced, but next morning, got to get up and be uh, ready to rock and roll for this uh, big vent that I'm going to. 15,000 creators and uh, got to dress the teeth. So uh, got breaking out the suits and uh, formal business wear. So uh, that's that's a first for me in, in the Middle East. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I leave this week, Thursday, I'm leaving for Reno, going to a reunion for a, a, a squadron that I was in before. Uh, my liver is, uh, I'll try to flush my liver the best I can all week because I just know it's it's going to be a party. <laughs> It'll be a party Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Saturday, I got to get up at like 3 or something ridiculous and get to the airport for a 5 a.m. flight. So, yeah, it's because uh, I got to get back. Got to get back here mid-afternoon. On, on Sunday and then be back ready to be here in the office. So uh, it will probably be a little rough of a flight Sunday coming back from Reno and uh, knock on wood, hopefully uh, no cancellations or anything like that. But we'll keep our fingers crossed. So just one show this week, and then I'll be back with you a week from today after this podcast. So let's go ahead and get into the stack. Kirk found a great lineup of stuff, but uh, it's kind of interesting. You just learn all, more than you know, need to know about people, right? What is the one thing that probably the majority of us do when we wake up in the morning? Well, for some of us, it's a trip to the bathroom. <laughs> Usually that's number one. Uh, for me, sometimes it's hitting the snooze once. This morning it was uh, hitting the snooze once and then sleeping through the snooze. Uh, yep, they hit the stop button and then yeah, overslept. So that was my thing. But Elon says that... Uh, First thing he does when he wakes up is checks his phone. He says he checks his phone checks his phone first thing in the morning and he thinks it could be detrimental to his health. I have a bad habit of immediately checking my phone in the morning. So uh, he says he spends the first 30 minutes of every day checking emails. Now he says we replace that habit with a workout. He says I need to work out and be in better shape. And so I'm going to switch from a meet looking at my phone as soon as I wake up in the morning. And then I'll look as working out for at least 20 minutes. And I'll look at my phone. You know, you have to be careful, older gentlemen, getting up and hitting exercise stuff too quick. You have to kind of get up, get things moving, because as you're older, you have a higher tendency of having a heart attack first thing in the morning. So... Just, you know, get up, get moving. So, Elon, it might not be a bad idea to read the phone for 10 minutes and, you know, kind of, or get up and move around before you uh, start working out. Who can do that anyway, right? And most of you that are working out, you're, you have to prep. You have to have your, your, your creatines, your proteins, and that takes a while to kick in. So, uh, I don't know what kind of workout he's doing. Maybe he's just walking around his house. Uh, time will tell. Moving on here. Uh, so, how about you? Is it your bad habit? Over at SciTech Daily, I can't remember if I showed this on the last show. I don't know if I'm not, but they they did capture the uh, the dart hitting the asteroid. And uh, it kind of looks like, uh, splat. And you know, it's kind of got that look, right? Because you see this, and then you see this kind of this outward explosion of debris. 
So it is pretty cool that they were able to catch this. And uh, so the, the, the Earth was in a position where South, Southern and Eastern Africa to the Indian Ocean in the Arabian Peninsula, they could actually see this asteroid. That's the area in, in space it was. And uh, they were able to, uh, to watch it with a ground telescope. So it's pretty cool and recorded it. So the link will be up in the show notes for you to check it out. And, uh, but it is kind of a cool little video. Um, can't see too much more than what you would expect. All right, moving on here. The next thing up is NASA aircraft will elevate the hunt for critical minerals in the United States. The United States is scrambling to build up a domestic supply chain for clean energy technologies, which would require a whole lot of critical minerals. So they, this aircraft that they're going to be flying, or multiple aircraft, it's called GEMEX, is the name of the joint research effort. It will launch with $16 million in funding made possible through a bipartisan infrastructure law. Over the next five years, a NASA ER-2 and a Gulfstream 5 will fly over parts of California, Nevada, Arizona, and New Mexico to collect data that could point to where critical mineral resources are most abundant. And then the government will come in and do uh, eminent domain and take your property away. But both aircraft will carry a NASA Airborne Visual Infrared Imaging Spectrometer for high-altitude remote sensing. The instrument will measure reflections of light from the Earth's surface, hyperspectral data that ranges from visible to infrared. Each mineral reflects light slightly different, and they're on the hunt for minerals still in the ground and in mine waste. So... Uh, the U.S.'s the U.S. current list of critical minerals include, of course, lithium, nickel, cobalt, which are all crucial for making rechargeable batteries. There's also tellurium used in solar panels, as well as graphite and rare earth scandium used in fuel cells. So global demand for critical minerals expect to explode, and they don't want to rely on China. Now. In March, the president invoked the Defense Production Act to expand the production of critical minerals used in clean energy industries. And Anamistris doled out millions of dollars in funding for mapping, mining, and refining. So we'll see. So those states, uh, don't be surprised to see a NASA aircraft flying back and forth, back and forth, back and forth over your area looking for minerals. Well. Tesla headlined its AI day on Friday with the reel of its Optimus robot prototype. While the demo is certainly more robotic than last year's, yes, they had a dancer and a onesie. Uh, remember, it wasn't a real robot last year. The lumbering mess of cables was far from sleek, and the sexy design faithful muskites might expect. But uh, Elon said before they opened the curtain, he says, I do want to set some expe expectations with respect to Optimus. As you know, last year it was just a personal robot suit, but we've come a long way, and you know, compared to that, it's going to be impressive. But in a world accustomed to backflipping bots of Boston Dynamics, Optimus was less than impressive. A mechanical engineer stepped in to inform the audience that this was the first time the robot was run without any backport, backup, support, crane, backup support cranes, mechanical mechanisms, no cables, nothing. Now, 
The prototype managed to rotate its arms, then tottered to the forefront to give the audience a wave before walking back as the screen failed to close. <laughs> this is essentially the same uh, self-driving computer that runs in Tesla cars that's powering this thing. And uh, then the event showed videos of the robot picking up and putting down objects and watering plants. And uh, Elon said, what you saw was a rough development robot using semi-off-the-shelf actuators, but we actually have an optimist bot with full Tesla design and built actuators, battery pack control systems, everything. So they didn't show that one. This version was then pushed onto the stage. That version, oh, was then pushed onto the stage, was a little more Tesla, slimmer, neater, shinier, only one problem, it can't walk yet. And he says, I think it'll walk in a few weeks, but we wanted to show you something that's fairly close to what we will go into production with. And it was, I guess, clumsily wheeled out by staff. I haven't seen a video of this. I would love to see it. If anybody finds a video, let me know. Love to see it. So time will tell. So that before this goes into your homes, it's going to be a while. Now, those of you that are nerds, techies, what have you done to do something to, you know, a little techie trick that backfired? Well, there's a great story about a trainee who turned on the lights on a, on monitors <laughs> and uh, cathode ray tube monitors because the professor was not giving them notes and a little bit of a whiplash effect because the individual could hardly keep from grinning the rest of the time that he was in this guy's class. But what, what have you done to, uh, in a techie way, to annoy people? I love to hear your uh, techie stories, kind of your little bit of a revenge type stuff. Have you got one of those? If you do, I definitely want to hear about it. Geeknews at gmail.com is the email address you should use for such sharing of information. Apple's no longer activating its prototype SIM cards for iPads with cellular data. You'll have to use a carrier card or an eSIM to get online without Wi-Fi. So you may need to perform these extra legwork to connect an earlier iPad to cell networks. Apple stopped activations for Apple SIM and certain iPads as of October 1st. If you're affected, you'll have to either contact your carrier and likely obtain a SIM card or use an eSIM and newer tablets. Apple included a conventional SIM with seller versions of iPad 2, uh, iPad Mini 3, iPad Mini 4, 5th and 6th generation base pads, and the original 12.9-inch iPad Pro. So now you're going to have to go get a SIM. My best advice, if you need a new SIM for your device, instead of going off to T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon, order one on eBay or Amazon. Get it delivered, then call and have it activated. Does anyone that listens to this show use Yahoo Mail? I have not seen a Yahoo Mail email in many years. It was bad before, but have any of you, do any of you use Yahoo Mail? Well, Yahoo Mail app updates makes it easier to manage receipts and track deliveries. That's kind of shocked. People are still using this. This update's designed to help users track receipts, shipments, gift cards, and free trial subscriptions that need to be canceled by a certain date. A new design also aims to make navigation easier with the top of inbox contextual filters, one tap unsubscribe, and attach, attachment organization and more. Hmm. 
I'm this is curious. Be nice to track subscriptions. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but there's other apps that can do that for you as well. Amazon is de- is launching a dedicated hub for its affordable shopping options. Now, I- I'm not familiar with this because apparently they've had an affordable shopping option before. But Amazon launching Amazon Access, a new hub for customers to explore the program discounts and features that the online retailers offers for affordable shopping. The company announced on Monday said it's also discounted Prime Membership will launch, which launched in 2017, will now be called Prime Access. The new Amazon Access Hub gives customers access to information on options like payment with a snap, EBT, Amazon Layway lets users reserve selected items for 20% of the total cost and pay the rest over time. The hub also lets customer clip coupons and find deals on everyday essentials. It also includes information about paying with Amazon Cash, which lets you shop on the marketplace without a debit or credit card. Was not familiar with this. The discounted program gives eligible customers access to Prime membership for just $6.99 per month, which is normally $14.99. So I don't know what the requirement is. Now, Amazon doesn't offer discounted rates to seniors, current or former military anymore. Only those uh, or anyone that isn't on federal assistance. Oh, so apparently to get this discount, you have to be on federal assistance. Okay, interesting. So, yeah, I didn't know about this. Did If you are an assistant, did you know about this? Or you have a family member that might be, definitely check it out. All right. Save them some money. Or just let them use your account. Add them as a distribution point. Black holes can't trash info about what they swallow. And that's a problem. Okay. This article, it's over in Ars Technica, is probably. I learned more about black holes in 15 minutes reading this article than I have probably the entire time that I've been doing this show. Did you know that three numbers define a black hole? I, I didn't know that. So if you, if, you, if you know the mass, electric charge, and spin of a black hole, you're done. That's all you'll ever know about it and will never need and will and all will ever need to describe its features because they form over a long time no one fully understands how they form all that they know is they have a lot of mass to get started but the process is really never observed and they don't know how to unravel that so that's something that's out there they that they say uh something they're still working on so anyway uh any very cool article about black holes. Over on The Verge, Netflix's latest Stephen King film is about the horrors of phone addiction. Has anybody watched this? This looks like an infomercial article from the, from the folks at The Verge. Movie review. And uh, it's called Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Might not be quite as memorable as some of King's more iconic stories. And uh, But any of you watch this? Uh, love to hear if you have. Tell me all about it. Walgreens turns to prescribing. Uh, excuse me, Walgreen. Walgreens turns to prescription filling robots. Mm-hmm. Don't need as much help. 
The nation's second largest pharmacy chain is setting up a network of automated centralized drug filling centers that could fill a city block. Rows of yellow robotic robotic arms bend and rotate as they sort bottles, multicolored pills, sending them down conveyor belts. The company says the setup cuts pharmacy workloads by at least 25% and will save Walgreens more than a billion dollars a year in employee. The ultimate goal gives pharmacists more time to provide medical service, et cetera, et cetera. This frees up the capacity of our most skilled professionals. And uh, they said, why are we filling prescriptions like we did in 1995? So, of course, uh, Walgreens has reduced pharmacy hours at a third of its as a at a third of its nearly 9,000 U.S. stores. And in some markers, the offering signing bonuses up to seventy five thousand dollars to fill pharmacy jobs. So I guess they got openings for pharmacists, but what about the other workers, technicians? YouTube is asking some users to purchase a premium subscription to watch 4K. YouTube's premium paid subscription includes benefits like ad-free viewing, video and song downloads for online offline consumption. Now it might be shifting video streaming in 4K, currently free, to the premium tier. Will you really? Know the difference? Will you really know the difference? This is not clear if this is a dealio, but it might be. Might be coming to YouTube. I I don't know what I'm watching videos in, to be honest with you. Uh, most of the time, stuff that I'm watching uh, is, I don't think it's 4K. Maybe it is. Of course, with my bandwidth, probably not. little shot of Red Bull there. Hey, those of you that are uh, checking in, thanks for saying hi. Skip says, I might have turned off the wife's Wi-Fi while she was in a meeting. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 interesting. That was an interesting move. Uh, Skip says, I wake up and drink a cup and then walk seven miles. Oh, that's that's good. Seven miles, Skip. Holy cow, how long does that take you to walk seven miles? You know, uh, what is the naughtiest thing I've done? Oh, I did it to my son when he was playing uh, uh, League of Legends. If you get, he, he was not listening to me. And League of Legends has a rule that if you jump out of a game three times within a certain period, you, you get your count basically suspended for 30 days. Uh, I, I, I may have cut the Wi-Fi off a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, three times. And watch a meltdown to ensue after someone didn't listen to me. Like, yeah, my, I might, might have done that. <laughs> A data sharing agreement between the U.S. and U.K. is now in effect. As of today, a data sharing pact between the U.S. and U.K. is in effect five years after it was first floated. The two sides claim that the data access agreement, which was authorized by the Clarifying Lawful Auspices Use of Data Cloud Act in the United States, will help law enforcement to combat serious crimes in both countries. The Department of Justice called the initiative the first of its kind, and it would enable investigators to gain better access to vital data to fight serious crimes in a manner that's consistent with privacy and civil liberty standards. Uh-huh. 
Under agreement, authorities in one country can request data from ISPs in other countries, one in the other country, UK specifically, as long as it's related to preventing, detecting, investigating, and persecuting serious crimes, including terrorism, transnational organized crime, child exploitation. U.S. officials can't submit data requests targeting people in the U.K. and vice versa. Presumably, requests can either be used to assist domestic investigations or investigations into foreign nationals, or they could also need to adhere to certain requirements, limitations, and conditions when they access and use the data. So they can't ask for data. So they, they have to be foreigners? Officials can't submit data requests targeting people in the UK and vice versa. I don't understand that. So the Electronic Frontier Foundation said it creates a dangerous precedent for other countries who may want to access information stored outside their own borders, including data stored in the United States. So the U.S. is looking to forge packs with other countries as well. Signed a deal with Australia last December and entered negotiation with Canada early this year. So I need more info on this. Anyone know more info? Is it only foreign nationals that they can target? In, I, I don't get it. If they're asking for data, how do they know if someone's a citizen or not? It's, it's odd. Meta has settled a lawsuit for significant sum against businesses scraping Facebook and Instagram data. Two companies basically had to pay big. The company's name, the Israeli-based brand Total Limited and Delaware Incorporated Unimania Incorporated agreed to a permanent injunction and had to pay Facebook a pile of money. So, interesting. Also, reminder, Hulu is going up in price next week. The streaming service will cost a dollar more for ad-supported and $2 more for ad-free. So that means you'll have to pay $7.99 a month instead of $6.99 or $14.99 a month instead of $12.99 a month. So there you go. Increase in Hulu coming to you. Oh, Skip says, uh, oh, there's a special place for you, my friend. Uh, oh, by the way, I listened to your show two times on Fountain to get the sats. Oh, very well. Very well, Skip. <laughs> Skip, are you going to be in uh, Reno? So anyway, cool. Whisk Arrow's latest flying taxi has four seats and can fly itself. It calls the four passenger craft a candidate for FAA certification. So here you go. It's 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 an auto taxi. It can fly itself. The sixth generation semi-autonomous air taxi, calling it the first ever candidate for type certification by the FAA for autonomous eVoltol. The design looks substantially like an updated version of the Cora Air Taxi and that was seen to hover in New Zealand back in 2018. According to WISC, the four-seat aircraft can cruise between 110 and 120 knots at a, at a height of 2,500 to 4,000 feet. It's Again, it's a VTOL, vertical takeoff and landing aircraft with a 12-propeller design, featured tilting propulsion, tilting propulsion, Propulsion units and front and fixed units for the aft. 
It offers up to 90 miles of range and improved control and efficiency energy management over previous versions, according to the press release. So uh, when I lived in Honolulu, I could have used one of those to fly from Kapolei to, to work. Uh, so we'll see what happens here, what will happen with this and whether or not they are able to get, uh, air certification. Oh, that's right. I didn't know you didn't do any time over there. I'm responding to skip in the chat. So <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is a cue party. Hackers released 500 gigs of data stolen in L.A. School District ransomware attack. The breach includes Social Security and health info. So the Los Angeles Unified School District did not pay the bounty. So uh, the Vice Society has published 500 gigs of data cache, da of the data cache. The collection includes extremely sensitive details like Social Security numbers, bank account info, health data, extends to student psychological profiles. Mm-hmm. Vice Society giving LAUSD until October 4th to pay the ransom. It's not clear what prompt the hackers released the day, data a day early, but they allege that the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency waste our time and it was wrong to tell the district to reject the extortion attempt. Oh, this is what the school said. So... CISA, the FBI, and other agencies have historically told ransomware victims to refuse payment simply encourages hackers to look for more targets. LAUSD Superintendent Alberto Carrello has announced the creation of a hotline to provide support for parents and staff. And uh, the school district is still recovering hopes to achieve full operational stability for key technology services. And I'm going to tell you, uh, welcome to the club. I've had all my data released and stolen by the Chinese, at least two sets of data. They know everything about me, my entire life history, my background check data, all of that. So uh, welcome to the club. Twitter's edit button is rolling out to blue subscribers in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. So uh, if you're Twitter blue, you'll get the edit button. I don't know if we're going to get it to non-blue button folks. Apple Music now has over 100 million songs. That's more than Spotify, but how much? But by how much does it really matter? And uh, they had 30 million on launch of 2015. I think my personal music, I still have all my MP3s. I've got 40 or 45,000 songs that I rip from CDs, albums. So I think my collection is still pr pretty good that I don't, that I paid for. <laughs> so, um, but a hundred million, that's a big number that covers just about everything. Doesn't it? You may not have an easy time though, finding that indie darling or back catalog title because some of that stuff is hard to find. And of course, much of that, I'm sure, is DJ mixes and a whole bunch of other stuff. FCC will start kicking voice providers out of its robocall database. Calls will be blocked if those providers don't boost their anti-spam efforts. Telecom slow to adopt anti-robocall measures could soon face stiff punishment. The FCC now plans to remove seven voice service providers from its robocall mitigation database. 
for failing to comply with the without implementing stir shake and call authentication. Companies have 14 days to show cause why they shouldn't be removed. The companies include our Acabus. So if you're doing any voice IP date uh, work with these folks, your your number's about ready to be blocked. Cabus, Cloud4, Global UC, Horizon Technology, Morse Communications, Sharon Telephone, and SW Arkansas. In all cases, the companies failed to share their anti-robocall plans even after CC warned them about violations. The SEC required that all carriers use stir shaken by the end of June 2021. Major carriers like AT&T, Verizon were quick to adopt the technology. Small providers received extensions, but only so long as they detailed how they limit robocalls. So uh, I don't think it's going to end it. I think we're still going to get them. So some of you are car car nuts, right? I'm, you know, I like nice cars, but, you know, most of the nice cars are beyond my uh, applicable budget. But uh, I tell you, there's a few out there. The Maserati's first electric Gran Turismo is uh, pretty sporty. Link will be in the show notes for you to check it out. Looks pretty sexy. How much is that bad boy going to come in? Let me look. It's got a top speed of 198.9 miles per hour. Um, Let's see here. How far can it drive? Doesn't say what the range is. And of course, it doesn't say what the price is. If you have to ask what the price is, you can't afford it, right? Is that the normal rule? If you have to ask the price, you you can't afford it. Um, Maserati claims with improved agility to Maserati claims has improved agility. If it weren't for the aerodynamic wheels and lack of exhaust pipe, you might not know it was an EV. It it it, it doesn't look like an EV. So yeah, it doesn't say how far it will drive, but uh, I mean probably two three hundred miles like the rest of these. Tesla delivered a record 343,830 vehicles in quarter three, but still missed Wall Street forecast. Despite the rebound in record numbers, the third quarter delivery figure still didn't meet the expectations, which ranged between 358 and 371. There was also a larger than unusual gap between production and delivery numbers. The company produced 365, 923 in the third quarter. So, uh... They says our production volume continues to grow. It's become increasingly challenging to secure vehicle transportation capacity at a reasonable cost during these peak logistic weeks. So in other words, they're trying to, they can't ship them. In quarter three, we begin transitioning to a more even regional mix of vehicles built each week, which led to an increase in cars and transit at the end of the quarter. The cars have been ordered and will be delivered to customers upon arrival at the destination. So, um, so they're just, you know, they can't get them to the destination, which is curious. Kim Kardashian, this is a good good uh, warning. Kim Kardashian has had to pay $1.28 million to sell an SEC charge linked to a crypto promo on her Instagram. She was, she was uh, promoting a crypto. She had no idea what it was about. Got paid like $250,000 to promote this. So she was talking smack about this crypto. And, uh, yep, had a 1.26 million. Of course, she's worth 1.8 billion, so I think she can afford to do it. But she was, uh, promoting Ethereum's max crypto asset with, uh, 
not a lot of uh, disclosures that she's supposed to make. She started the post by asking her 250 million Instagram followers. Again, this was what Kardashian said, not me. Are you into crypto? This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Rithia Max token. So here's the deal. It was an advertisement, non-disclosed. Didn't use the hashtag ad. So anyway, one that cost her $1.26 million. Amazon, Apple, Microsoft made in Google to improve speech recognition for people with disabilities. They need to just improve it overall. That's what, that's, we just need it better. But the speech accessibility project aims to help people with Downs, Parkinson, and more. So the aim is to improve voice recognition for communities with disabilities and diverse speech patterns often not considered by AI. Includes people with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, Parkinson's, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, and other diseases that affect speech. So that's good that they're doing this. And hopefully it'll make these logarithms be uh, more accurate for everybody. Okay, so here's a fun one. Oreo has announced the launch of a new flavor for the holidays. What? Do you think it is? Their next Oreo cookie flavor for the holidays is called Snickerdoodle. Yes, Snickerdoodle. Mmm, yummy. Hitting shelves on 1017. So uh, I'm a big uh, traditional Oreo cookie fan. Matter of fact, I, I I avoid eating them because I love them so much. I could eat a whole bag. It's one of those, it's like Reese cups, right? So, but I may, if they show up in my shopping center, I may have to order a snickerdoodle. That might be a good one to get. Yes, it might. All right. So, uh, very, very close here to the end of the show. And uh, I do want to ask all of you, uh, I don't think we had any comments come in. I'm trying to find my stupid email. Uh, link there it is uh, what did we have come in that no, we did not have anything come in but if you have a comment about this podcast i'd love to hear from you yes i would we did not get any boost uh this go around i did get some boost before from the la- previous show uh that we already talked about so uh uh skip thanks for uh using the uh the uh, the fountain app. All of you get a chance to give it a try. Put some crypto in there. So put some satoshis in there. Twenty dollars goes a long ways. It really, really does. Especially if you send like a thousand sats at a time. So definitely check it out. Uh, more on this in the coming weeks and days because uh, this this is the way to send micro payments to the show. Now, you can just go ahead and fire up PayPal, too, and become an insider, geeknesscentral.com forward slash insider. That's, that's a great way to support the podcast as well. But I definitely appreciate all of you uh, for being here, staying subscribed. Thanks uh, for the chit-chat for Skip on the, oh, you said pumpkin sauce? Pumpkin? Pumpkin in Oreo cookies? Uh, I don't know about that one. Um, but anyway. 
I'm not a big pumpkin guy. I do a little pumpkin pie if the crust is right, but not too much. I'm just not a pie guy to begin with. So, uh, any of you been to Saudi to Riyadh? Is there anything I should see while I'm in Riyadh? I have n- nary a clue. I'm going to have to do some Googling around and see if there's anything actually to see. It's 100 degrees there. So, huh, going to leave here a little chilly and walk into the furnace. Yeah, a nighttime lows of 91 degrees. Um, daytime highs of 100 plus. So, uh and it's a dry heat. Don't worry. No humidity. <laughs> but uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, everyone stay safe. Be careful out there. Watch over one another. We'll see you next time here on the Geekness Central Podcast. Everyone take care. Bye-bye.